Hey guys, it's Alex Kessler, host of this podcast. Uh, today's episode is actually brought to you by the Grimoire Deck Box, and the guys at Wizardry Foundry are giving it to you for a nice sweet 15% off if you go to the website and enter the code MMCASTMARCH2, you uh, can get 15% off. That's uh, the sweet Grimoire Deck Box, they're leather-bound fancy books. You get to keep all your games in them. I actually do more other games than maybe even necessarily magic, but you do magic, board games, all the whole thing. They're really cool. They go on your bookshelf. They look super sweet. Check them out, and uh, I'll hear you right after the intro music. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host. <laughs> were you just trying to do like, were you trying Batman. to do old, I was doing Batman? But you were doing Christian Bale Batman. Yeah, yeah, Christian Bale Batman. I can't do new Batman. No, because I don't, don't have I don't have the baritone voice. You don't have a robotic larynx. I'm not I'm not a bad movie. <laughs> have you saw it? Yeah, it's, oh, it's, so did I. it's not good. I didn't like it. We can't talk about it, though. Yeah, this is not the podcast. This is not the podcast to spoil it and make it bad. I mean, I people. guess we could talk about it at the very end. No, we shouldn't. It just came out. We uh, should let people see people it. People tweet at us if you want it. No, no, yeah, at the very end, you say spoiler section, and then we talk about it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. This is the Masters of Modern Podcast. Welcome to it, guys. We're on yeah. rocketgem.com. I'm your host, Alex Kessler. And I'm your co-host, Ben Bateman. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. It's been a week, but it feels like it's been longer because well, we recorded... it's been a week and a half because we recorded the, like... And we'll talk about that, the, the March Walker Madness, Planeswalker yeah. ranking of all time, two weeks in a row. Exactly. So, yeah, we're so we're back. We've got... Uh, I was in Hong Kong for a week. Yeah, I just was working. It's like... My job. It's like <laughs> five in the morning for me. Yeah, wow. So, you're just recovering from jet lag now. Yeah. If Excellent. I like fall asleep on the podcast, yeah, or just not talking like Batman, <laughs> it, guys. If we sound more echoey than you're used to, it's because we're in a great hall surrounded by by chalices, pillars, big cement pillars, surrounded by chalices of mead, lots of mead, yeah, so much mead. Um, so this has, been, this has been us like I feel like it's going from like weird voices to NPR, yeah. Calm. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so we're, welcome back to the, the podcast. Uh, it's been a little while. We have a sister podcast. They're called The Command Zone. They're on RocketJump.com. Yeah. Also, Jimmy well, and Josh. They make oh, wait, do they, they awesome do like content. a thing like about not magic content at the end of every episode. So we should talk about Batman versus Superman at the end of this. All right. Well, Remember that one time where we almost had a Batman TV show? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We know we did for two. We did yeah. two episodes. It's of probably it. still on the internet. It totally is. You yeah. guys can find it if you're interested. The first like two episodes of Gotham. Yeah. It's called Gotham's Finest, which is a fantastic after show name. Yeah. Um, really good and it's it's the three, me and Andrew, who does the action movie show with me, and Kessler, yep. and we're sitting in like a room that we had built like a Batman set, and it was like, unlike after shows that I do now that are on a TriCaster with a live engineer switching between cameras, we literally had to shoot it with multiple cameras and then edit it down right afterwards. Yeah, that was and not fun. all night editing it. It was like <laughs> a disaster, but it was very fun, and it got me into hosting. So yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, back to what we were talking about that is magic-related. So, so March Walker Madness, for those who don't know, on Twitter... Well, before we get into March Walker Madness, oh, okay. I know you guys are interested, but uh, there's two things I want to point out. And the first one is we're on Twitter. So, yeah, well, that, yeah that's part that tails into it. Okay. And yeah, you can find out about this. This is basically an advertisement for Twitter. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. And then the second one is we have a Patreon. Oh, and yeah. We have a Patreon that you guys are being generous to support. And it's because Kessler and I uh, are starting to do more content. We are working on video content. We've done a live streaming cast, which we'll be doing next Monday. A bonus episode, another one that's going to be bonus next week. So, uh, there's going to be lots of fun extra stuff. And yep. you're going to, the, the Swagbox members who paid for their Swagboxes should be getting their mats like within the next week, uh, which is the first item you get when you sign yep. up for the swag box level I actually, of Patreon. I actually know what we're sending out for the second item. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we going to break the news at the end of the show? Uh, yeah. 
patreon.com slash the mm cast go and find out about the levels and 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 what you can do to help us make you guys more content let's talk about march walker madness all right march walker madness. so those who don't know the last two weeks we uh recorded episodes that counted down all 64 modern legal planeswalkers Technically, I guess it was 61, and then they spoiled four new ones that we mentioned. Yep. Um, the new ones from Shadows of Vanistrad uh, that we'll also be reviewing during the live cast next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, oh, wait, it's March Madness, that time of year where all of the NCAA makes billions of dollars off of a bunch of free working students in the country. And <laughs> That's not at all the conversation that was had, but Kessler's commentary <laughs> on the NCAA competitive uh, system is now there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> well, why don't we put these guys in a bracket and have them all vote, fight each other over Twitter voting? So all you guys on Twitter have been voting for which walker you like more. And yeah. we're now, as of when this cast comes out, we'll be finishing round two. Maybe the third bracket day or the fourth bracket day? It's been like the fifth. We did no, no, no. I mean, of round two. Of oh, it'll round. be the second day of round two. Round two will be two days. Okay, gotcha. And then round three will be one day, and then we'll one day from that point on. Yeah. Um, so we'll be in the middle. Right now, go vote. That's round three. Yeah. Um, That's at the MM cast yep. on Twitter. Start yep. a Twitter if you don't have one, just so you can vote and yeah, follow us. Yeah, it's really important. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kess Wiley, oh, but at PMM Cast is worth But we have we, we do want to mention you know some exciting results. We have we have I think a total of three Cinderella stories going on. Okay, Arlen Cord, new Planeswalker. Yeah, people are excited about Arlen Cord. Kicked out the number nine slot, Garrick Wildspeaker today or yesterday. Yeah, there's just no love for Garrick Wildspeaker. That's just always been the case. Yep. Uh, Elsbeth's son's champion is currently beating Tezzeret the Seeker. Yeah, Pete, son's champion's good, and and we talked about that a lot. How that's sort of one of the that's like maybe the most powerful six-drop planeswalker, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I mean, unless like what, the new Soren does stuff, but he got kicked out, so yeah. we're not talking. About he's him. really good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, but that's less of a. It's like the 16 seed or the 17 seed. They're okay, like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, that sure, big of a Cinderella sure, sure. story. The other one is Tomio, the Moon Sage. Beat Venser? No, is beating Liliana Heretical Healer. Ugh, heretical oh, well, Healer. Heretical Healer and Wildspeaker were like two that were on the fence for us when we made the rankings in the first place. 24 seed. We didn't make the rankings. It was card sign. Actually, now, well, the cool thing is I actually ranked. Yeah. I'm now going to rank and we'll post them. I won't, we won't do an episode on it. But right. uh, using the scores that the Planeswalkers get in their voting against the people they're voting against, I'm okay. re-ranking all of them. Uh, uh, that's pretty clever. So we'll see how they change. And it'll be cool. I, uh, this is all. This is like this is for all of our Twitter followers. This is a special little Twitter event. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that I, I mean Arlen Cord. I guess I guess none of those upsets really surprised me all that much. You I know, mean, Arlen Cord is new, and yeah, yeah. It was a fun. It was a fun exercise to rank all the planeswalkers. I yeah, enjoyed it very fun. much. Um. So who who do you think who's who do you think is gonna win it? Uh. It's either going to be Jace Springs give, Prodigy give us your top or four now the and the top, the top two and the one. So you think it's going to be Lily versus Jace? Uh, I would say Lily versus Jace if it's possible that the bracket can play out that way. Yeah, um, yeah, again. Then it's made that way, yeah. I believe it'll be Lily versus Jace. I think the top four will be Lily, Jace, Karn, and... I think it's going to be Ugin. You think Ugin's going to make U- four? Ugin, didn't didn't Ugin, I make us knock Ugin down to like five or six? Because I was like so disgusted. No, you made us put Ugin at like 11th. No, no, definitely not that low. I have the seed. I can look it up. That's definitely incorrect. I'm looking it up right now. I know that Everyone, it was like sixth. Ugin is the seventh seed. Yeah, okay. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who's our number four, though? Karn was three, and then the fourth. Elsbeth. 
Oh, yeah, night, yeah. Night Errant. Okay. I mean, that's what I think the top four is going to be. Ugin's been beating every single person he's playing by like 96%. So you think Ugin's going to have the top four? Yeah, he's, he's like winning. Him and Liliana are winning at just like, oh, we're beating every person just blatantly, just okay. slapping him to the ground. All right. Jace, Jace, I think, has a harder, harder road to the top because people hate him. <laughs> yeah. True, true enough. It's so weird that people hate that card. That card's so good. Well, they hate him because of Mind Sculptor and he's Jason. Because he's been Jace. good a thousand times. And, yeah. yeah. Speaking so, of Mind Sculptor being awesome, there's that uh, audio There's that audio series that Sean Penrod is working on producing right now. Uh, right? You, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's doing like the magic story and he's like doing full on like people in recording studios. Well, that's the bonus episode next week, huh? Well written. Is it? Or the bonus episode for April will be us doing story lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. He's doing like that. he's doing like a whole thing like involved with like voice actors, and he and I got it. I got a, a message from him because I had talked about wanting to be Jace in the magic movie. Oh, nice. Um, and he was like, "When I can casting Jace, if you want to read for Jace, you can. I'll let you Did audition." You uh, well, he hasn't cast for Jace yet. Oh, cool. Yeah, he hasn't come in the story yet. Uh, but I was like, I was like, I'll absolutely read. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is that that's your Jace voice? No, is it's it, not. Is it like. Wisp, is it? That's kind of like a Voldemort. <laughs> it's not my Jace voice, not at all. Um. Is right, it my Batman voice? We're just getting way too silly now. <laughs> All right, so what's, what are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about the history of modern bannings. Why? Is there some ban list announcement that's really there relevant a, to the modern format coming out? There's a pending modern ban that we have talked about at length. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the beginning of modern. So we're going to talk back about in time. Each ban <laughs> announcement because they've killed like Can't a say. half dozen decks. I'm going to talk the Back to the Future theme song though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Do no, it. no, I did it already. <laughs> uh, they've killed like a half dozen or more decks now since Modern's Inception. And we wanted to sort of just break down the reason behind each one, a little bit of some of the cards and, and what they did that Where was Where Magic was leading up to it, what they did wrong, what they could do right, why Wizards does the things they do. So big shout out to Mike, uh, Mike Clarium, our buddy, who we call Steam Shovel. And he actually, I was texting with him earlier today, and he actually suggested this topic. Um, yeah. I told him I thought we were going to maybe do our set review, but we might do it next week. And he suggested us. I thought it was a really good idea. So I know he listens to this podcast. And uh, big shout out to you. Let's uh, yeah. let's start from the beginning. Um, I, I, like I well, was re- like the like the ten cards that were banned when it first opened. Because uh, that's what, where we should start. after the first pro tour. No, no, no. Oh, you want to actually talk I about, talk the, about like, ban the ban list? Okay, just to give people a, a status of where we're at. I've, when I'm reading this, and it's like the way it's listed, and here in this list, an MTG salvation. It feels like this is the opening narration to Terminator 2 when she's like, date, 1997. Yeah, no, you have to read Skynet. it like that. Is, yeah. <laughs> everyone, I want everyone to imagine Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Ben it's, is... It's not Linda Hamilton doing it. I'm thinking about the part later where Schwarzenegger is talking to Edward Furlong. And he's like, August 17th, 1997, Skynet becomes operational. Yeah, yeah, do it that way. Yeah, no. With, no, no, do it in your Arnold voice. <laughs> it's too late. It's done. <laughs> All right, if he so, doesn't do it in the Arnold voice, everyone yell at Ben on Twitter. <laughs> I will record, if anybody is interested, I will record anything you want in my Schwarzenegger voice. Because like when I really practice, I think it's pretty refined, but I'm not going to do it right now. The people want it, Ben. Do it. <laughs> no. So, okay. all right. August. What about the very end after we do our Batman review? <laughs> I'll do like a couple Schwarzenegger lines. Okay. Some yeah. of my favorites. I'm here. Come on, do it. Kill me now. All right, I'll do some more. He did it. Um, 2011. <laughs> 2011 August. It's been a weird episode. <laughs> Modern, 2011 August. Modern becomes a sanctioned paper format from an online format. The initial ban list is Ancestral Vision, Ancient Den, Bitter Blossom, Chrome Mox, Dark Depths, Dread Return, Glimpse of Nature, Golgari Grave Troll, Great Furnace, Hypergenesis, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Mental Misstep, Seat of the Synod, Sensei's Divining Top, Skull Clamp, Stoneforge Mystic, Sword of the Meek, Tree of Tales, Umazawa's Jite, Valakut the Molting Pinnacle, and Vault of Whispers. 
So that, that's basically like an all-star list of the cards that made Standard miserable over the history of Standard with a little bit of a sprinkling of cards that are too good in Legacy probably, so they knew they probably needed to get rid of them. Yeah, there were some cards in there. There are some cards on this list that we will never see in Modern. Um, some cards that are very clearly ridiculous. We'll just never see them. Skull Clamp, you're never going to see that card in Modern. Yeah. It seems absurd that you would ever see Hypergenesis not, Anything in that's not legal in Legacy, you're probably not going to see in Modern. <laughs> you're not going to see GTA, like yeah. Pro Mox. Dark Depths. Just Someone made an argument for GTA to be legal on Channel Fireball. It's like, you... That card's just preposterous. Like, yeah. It's like so oppressive. It, it, it sounded more like someone who hasn't, because they're maybe a pro and haven't played Legacy anytime recently, being yeah. like, oh, that card seems fine. I haven't... Yeah. What's that going to do? Yeah, that card's very frustrating. So that is what started. So then they had the first Modern Pro Tour. And this was like the very Wild West of Modern. In the, in the beginning... Cloud Post was the main deck that everyone had to beat. Yeah. Zoo was a huge deck in the format, it's, as it's, was Storm. It's funny, too, because I, I have all these memories of that year when Modern was first announced. And remember John Van Druten before he moved away? Yeah. So I used to go with like John and Claude, who was our buddy, who was Also back. moved away. Yeah, he's back in Europe now. Um, we would go to like this Denny's... And uh, we would just, we'd print out all these proxies and we would, you know, mess around playing, playing practice matches. And I built all these rogue decks. And this is like the beginning before I actually understood like what you had to do to be good in modern because it had just launched. You know? Right, right. Like I, in theory, you know, I got No one was, really fully knew. It's just people knew the obvious decks that were, had targets on their back. I mean, I was building like Academy Researchers with Eldrazi Conscription and I was building like, oh, yeah. you know, like weird stuff that I was just like trying to find a way to make it work. Um, so we all messed around with that for a while. And then the first Pro Tour happened and Splinter Twin happened. But Splinter Twin with Ponder and Preordain Legal and Modern happened. Yep. Uh, and not just that, but you could discard Reaper King or Progenitus to Blazing Shoal on an effect creature and just win outright on turn two easily. Because that was a different deck. And then you had Cloud Post, which you used the Cloud Post, the Cloud, yeah. the Glimmer Post and Cloud Post, which the Locust just Lands. Gener generates a ridiculous amount of Vanna really quickly. Yes. Kind of like Tron, but a little bit more aggressive. Earlier version of Tron. You had it's Green like an Sun. aggressive Tron. Green Sun Zenith, which made green decks all very homogenous. It yep. made playing Wild Nakatl, uh and Green Sun Zenith together with Dryad Arbor. It just was very... Yeah. It made games feel very much the same at all times. Um, and then Rite of Flame was just too obviously made Storm decks too consistent. So they decided, right, right. Which is funny. There's been two Storm bannings. So, so what were the cards banned at, from that first banning? So Blazing Shoal, Cloud Post, Green Sun Zenith, Ponder, Preordain, and Rite of Flame. Sure. Every single one of those bannings, in retrospect, I think is correct. The only one on there now, looking back, that I think you could maybe make an argument more is Green Sun Zenith. I could see Preordain being unbanned. Uh, I guess I guess now that Splinter Twin's gone, maybe. Except that Serum Visions is already like such a played card. It's like, so played already, and it's sure. But I mean, granted, there, there are more Preordains out there, so it kind of fixes their like ponder or or uh, yeah. Serum Visions is too expensive problem without having to reprint it in a modern set if you ban you're saying you'd ban singer visions right no no i'd say oh, you'd have I, them both have legal them both, yeah. yeah i think it seems like a bad idea it just makes delver good which is fine delver's not good so yeah so that was the first one so the interesting thing was we went through in december there was yet another banning yeah so what happened is the pro tour happened yep. banned a bunch of cards then the world championship happened yeah. and they banned zoo basically out of the format yeah, so what they did in that banning was they banned Punishing Fire and Wild Nakatl. Which Punishing Fire makes sense. Punishing Fire basically makes it so creatures' decks can't survive. For anybody that is wondering what that means, Grove of the Burnwillows, the, the ex very expensive land from Tron. It's still expensive. Which taps to add green or red, your opponent gains one life, or taps for a colorless, a waste mana. Um, Punishing Fire is one red, one colorless, deals two damage to target player or creature, and... If you gain life, 
you can pay one red mana to put it back if in your, your opponent hand. Gains in your opponent gains life. Yeah, sorry. So what happens is it's in your graveyard. You tap, make them gain a life with the land, use the mana you've created to return it to your hand. And yep. it's just endless shock. It, it, I mean, it takes three mana to do it, but it's like very hard to disrupt. And like I, I don't think any time I've ever assembled it in any format, I lost. No, it takes two mana to do it. Because you just tap it and returns itself. Yeah, but then it costs two mana. To oh, cast. to play it, you mean? You yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. So that's and then Nicodle is has now has since been unbanned. But sure, I think I think they overreacted with the Nicodle band. I think yeah. they saw Nicodle is just really good, and it's and like this is around like Green Sun Zenith was also really good in the deck beforehand, so it made Nicodle seem strong. And then Punishing Fire was actually the legitimate problem for the deck, and they were still trying to figure out how the format works, so they banned Nicodle un, unjustly. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, that was the initial like slate of bannings. And I think that there was some sense from people at that point that, okay, I can't play this format because everything good that I try to build is just getting ripped out from under me because it was so right. aggressive. I mean, just that, that number of Which bannings. I do think at that point is unfair because like the yeah. format is six months old. They're going to ban cards. Like they don't, they, they needed people to test with it and play in large numbers before they knew what was necessary. Right. So I don't recall in the, through the end of 2011 and into 2012 exactly what the most dominant decks were. If I recall, I think Jund was right up there. Jund was really high. Um, Blue-white decks in general were a little bit stronger back then. Yeah, that's right. They had um, the, 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 the Geist deck. The Geist yeah, deck yeah, the was Geist Snapcaster. Deck was it was the, like, Delver, uh, American Delver was like an actual format so player. Was, so was Teamer Delver. Teamer Delver was, was, was a big back deck, then. I remember. Like, um, it, it, back then, it was a lot more decks that were being ported from other strong formats because people haven't had yeah. as much time to figure out what the best pod build was. Like Pod was around. It just wasn't... Because what set is that? Pod? No, no, no. Uh... 2011, 2012. Uh, that's probably right around that time. That's like, should be right around New Phyrexia, I think. It might have been Innistrad, but uh, Innistrad Block Constructed is listed here in March 2012. Uh, there was a banning for Block Constructed Innistrad, which means I think that that was right oh, no, no, so that So that was right after Dark Ascension. So, so yeah, because Modern hasn't existed without Snapcaster Mage and Liliana the Veil. Yeah. So, yeah, so blue-white decks, Jun like Snapcaster decks, and Liliana decks basically are the two best decks in the format. Yeah, I do. I recall, like, there was that world championship where all the, where Finkel and those guys were all playing the blue-white deck, and then there was, right. and Zoo was the other big deck. It, like, in fact, oh, Affinity was huge. Affinity's Affinity been huge yeah. since the beginning. Um, in fact, hadn't made an impact yeah, yet. Yeah, in fact, wasn't a thing people realized could do stuff. No, that wasn't good yet. People hadn't. I mean, it was good, just yeah. people didn't figure it out. People weren't playing eggs yet. It wasn't, uh, I mean, Splinter Twin. People were still high on Storm. Storm was actually. Actually, Storm, I think, was the most played deck for a while there eventually. One of the Pro Tours played a lot, yeah. Well, because not even just the Pro Tour on, like, Moto, because it was really cheap. It was yeah, a really inexpensive deck right. that was had a pretty good game because it could win on turn three. Yeah. Um, so what ended up happening was we went into 2012, and the next year, after people had complained about the, the previous December so banning... Return the Ravnica. Uh, Valakit was unbanned, but there was no bannings in September. Sure. So that was a big deal because yeah, yeah. it was the first time that the format had existed where people actually got to experience, okay, rather than taking something away from me, you're going to make right. something more available to me to add Scapeshift as a deck oh, We to can the have format. our toys back? Yeah. And that was exciting. Yeah. I, I remember there was a real feeling at that moment of, of stability with this, like, okay, I'm going to get to do this for a while. Sure. And, uh, and so, <laughs> but then, of course, <laughs> January of 2013, just four months later, Blood Red Elf and Seeding Song are banned. Right. And... The world kind of understood Bloodbraid Elf at the time. At the time, Jund, because of Deathrite Shaman, yep. was by far the best deck in the format. Mm -hmm. Just like pro, like the Pro Tour before 
when Death Rage Online first came out, it was like 55% Jund, and the Pro Tour GP, whatever was big right after around then, another 55-65% Jund at the Pro Tour. Because it was easy, safe, de- pros need to know how to play it, and it had a pretty much good game against everyone. So they banned Blood Raid Elf because Blood Raid Elf was the problem when Jund was good and standard. So I remember um, a couple things happening right around this time. This, this was right around, I think, GP San Diego. I think we were both there that year. Um, and I recall seating songs banning. I just remember kind of looking this was, at everybody. This is the first PTQ season I played modern, like through the season. Yeah, I think so. I was playing Hunted Hands on the original because, version. Because I remember doing really, really well with Jundan play because I was playing a blue white with Wall Bowmans and just like I had remember, a really yeah. good game against Blood Raid Elf, and that, was that like, like wasn't a problem. That was like your Trinket Mage Academy Ruins, like uh, Engineer Explosives no, no, no. deck. Yeah, uh, Tolaria West. Yeah, not yeah, Trinket yeah. Mage. Uh, and then they banned it, and the deck just like fell apart because yeah. it no longer was like, oh, I can plan to play Jund for half of my rounds <laughs> so i remember looking around and being like seeding song huh like interesting like, i i i guess online there must have been much more of a presence of storm so storm is a big problem online and, and but a big problem is strong it just was cheap and good so people just jammed in two mans with storm because it was easy and you can kind of go infinite by winning with it right um People in general thought this was a little unnecessary. I remember it was that. like a weird card to be on band. Storm wasn't winning any real, like it was good, but it wasn't like oppressive in any way. Yeah. Wizards gave it's like vague. Oh, it wins some amount of times before turn four. And that's a problem, even though Storm kind of didn't do that all the time. And like still today kind of wins before turn two. and doesn't. The, so this is the two halves of the modern band problem that we've talked about at length on, on here before. And, and they defend the decision by the, the consistency of being able to win before turn four or lack of diversity. And and this was one of those situations where the storm banning was just like, this is a really loose before turn well, four. Yeah, this is, th- I mean, like what's interesting though is that this has kind of been, when they ban things, this has been their major policy every single time. They ban the card that makes one deck too good right. and they ban the other card that makes a deck too quick. So the thing we're forgetting to mention is that the previous Pro Tour, when we saw... Uh, Jun was so good, it was because they had printed Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Till this day, I still say Blood Braid Elf was banned unnecessarily. There's an argument to be made that Blood Braid Elf being out of the format is allowing a multitude of different red, green, or black, or like mid range yeah. four drops to be played that wouldn't because Blood Braid Elf would just tear them out. And I like and those that's four drops. Fine. I, like, I do understand that argument that like choosing between Olivia or Garrick or Chandra yeah. or. Arlen Cord now, like there's an interesting choice to be made versus if Bloodbraid Elf would, is around, just know that choice is you play Bloodbraid Elf. But, yeah, but Deathrite Shaman was the problem. I would be curious to see with the difference in the format now if that was still the case, but I think it probably would be. Um, the thing is, Deathrite Shaman, for any, any of you who are listening and never got to play with it, we've said it before, but it's the only one mana planeswalker that's insane that's ever been printed. It's I the guess. only one mana planeswalker that's ever been printed. Kithion, but I mean. Oh, right, right. Yeah, right. it's not really I keep a forgetting about him. It's a creature. But yeah, but <laughs> I mean, Deathrite Shaman is a one mana planeswalker. It's, it's totally bonkers. If you've ever gotten to play with it, it's one of the most well, fun cards to ever it, play with. <laughs> it, it's really interesting because it's banned for the exact same reason Green Sun's Death is banned. A lot of people have made the argument that if you yeah. unban um, Green Sun's Death and ban Dryad Arbor, you'd be fine because the problem with Greenstone Zenith is that on turn one, it can ramp you. Right. But on turn 10, it's good. And Deathrite Shaman, no matter when you drew it in your curve, was at least going to help you stabilize, be a yeah. threat, or ramp you. It was always good. And so uh, this season, I remember playing Moonzu uh, in PTQs. I, I have a distinct memory of showing up, and it was a deck that played three Blood Moon main deck, Deathrite Shaman and Birds, the best creatures, you know, Nicodle and or you couldn't play Nicodle at that time, but like 
Curd Apes, I think, were probably in the deck and things like that. Sure. And, you know, Lightning Bolt. And I just remember that the, the point of the deck was crack a fetch land, resolve Deathrite Shaman, play turn two Blood Moon, and then just play the rest of the game. And, like, you have your red, and now you have, you know, some number of lands that work, and you have, like, a Birds or something like that. Sure, sure. Uh, and it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good deck because that card's totally busted. Um, so what happened was, after the Bloodbraid Elf banning, Seething Song didn't really make a difference. People still play Storm to this day. Sure. No, I mean, like, it definitely depreciated. Yeah, but uh, people started experimenting with Electromancer, I remember. Um, well, it, it just came out. I mean, no, that, that was kind of the reason Seething Song got banned, actually, I think, was that Electromancer. Electromancer pushed that deck over the top. What, what it became now is the um, the the enchantment when you have two cards of the same type in your graveyard. Yeah, Pyromancer cast, Ascension. Yeah, py- like more of a Pyromancer's Ascension Storm deck versus before where it was a... yeah. And that, that deck is still good. I just played against it in League, and it's just like, it wrecks you. So what happened was that after the banning of Bloodbraid Elf, all of a sudden, the Jun decks decided to adopt four color, and they right. just added white. And the reason they added white was for Lingering Souls, and they added white for a Johnny Vengeance. Yeah. And so a Johnny Vengeance became the four drop, and Lingering Souls just became just the busted two-for-one card, and you just played Deathrite Charm, and it fixed your mana, and all of a sudden, Wizards was like, uh... This is no no more fun. <laughs> it was like <laughs> right. for one tournament, it was like, oh, well, they get to play these fun cards. Look at this. Johnny Vengeance never used to see play, but like that got real unfun real fast. Um, I I remember our number th- our number uh, five seed. Yeah, our, just yeah. just ju- just beat Ashiok Nightweaver to, into into the. So Johnny Vengeance is really good. He's really good. Um, I remember at PT San- or at uh, Grand Prix San Diego that you're watching. Um, Kibler was playing against somebody from Channel. And the guy he was playing from Channel was playing Eggs because Eggs hadn't been banned yet. It was Nathan Holiday. Nathan Holiday. Yeah, and he f six the turn. Well, we haven't even gotten the Eggs, but so because when Storm left, it, all of the Storm players turned to because that same Pro Tour Eggs won. Austin. Austin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the the Pro Tour before the one in that that um, fall because this is the one there was like two, yeah. a Pro Tour and then GPS after bannings the eggs won eggs won the pro tour well that's the next so we're about to and and, and so when storm got banned a lot of the storm players just audibled into eggs because it played a very similar game plan and it was also relatively inexpensive if you guys want to make a good joke tweet bachwiz 18 uh, at b-a-c-h-w-i-z 18 and say sorry about the bannings bro yeah yeah do that all uh-huh. of you <laughs> um, <laughs> um but um so yeah, so what happened was oh, so so eggs, which is a deck just all about sacking artifacts, and it has this distinct problem of a being hard to interact with, but b taking twenty minute churns that could do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so what I remember is at watching at the GP, um, Kibler was playing this green white deck. I think they were playing. I think they were playing an early version of. of no, no, he was being. He was playing big man. He was playing big man. He was playing just. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I it was pretty sure that he was on the same. He was on part of the same crew that was playing the, the green no, white. No, he was. Decks. He was. He. It was like the tournament that he did really well with. Um, Dami Raid and the uh, the uh, four four that is beefy that you if you make for someone discard yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And it was yeah. It was I guess what I was what I was remembering is for some reason I was remembering those decks. Oh, maybe this was part of the maybe this was part of the white Jun decks. They were playing even Mind Sensor. Is that what I'm? Everyone was playing Mind Sensor. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. became like the card. So that was a weird time in modern. It was one of those things where I think another banning was necessary. And so the next banning was was correct. The next banning happened uh, in. May. Yeah, it was eggs. It was an emergency ban. 
Um, it was or not an emergency ban, but an emergency ban in the sense that they banned something out of Pro Tour schedule. Yes, and they would have banned, but they would have already banned Deathrite Shaman. But it was such a new card, they wanted to give it a little more run first. This is before Wizard. Like at this point, Wizards felt like, oh, the new card should stay unbanned for a while, right? Because we want people to play with our new fancy toys instead of realizing, which I think they've realized recently, is sometimes we print really powerful things that aren't too powerful in standard, but modern can't handle it. <laughs> right. So second sunrise after Stanislav Sifka beat. Uh, Shao, was it Shouta? No, he didn't beat Shouta. He beat uh, Yuya Watanabe at the in in the Pro Tour that year, and he was and Yuya was playing straight Jund, and Sifka was playing eggs, and Sifka was like a was like a, a math or chess uh, nerd, like just insane, like complete genius, like had jammed, and he didn't lose with eggs at that Pro Tour. He did something like went like seventeen and zero or like sixteen and zero in matches or something. Okay, something ridiculous. Like he 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 ended up like losing a game. Uh, in in the finals or or in one of the one of the semifinals games or something like that, but I just remember watching and just sort of having this like crazy moment of like, man, this guy's like a chess master. He's like a grandmaster. He's like, so smart and he's just done the solitaire math on this so many times um, that he was just flawless. And right. so modern banned Second Sunrise in May. And this was this was the first banning to follow really the top. Um mentality so to- the reason top is banned which is sensei's divining top yeah is it literally slows tournaments down to a crawl because almost every single miracle player this happens in legacy is in the draw bracket because the most players unless they're extraordinarily efficient um don't time out every round because they don't play efficient enough in top you know every single literally every single time your opponent does everything if you have open mana you're going to look at your top right so like Eggs is the second time a card has been banned, more from a perspective of this is a tournament problem where tournaments can't survive on the schedules they're supposed to if this deck is available. Because the problem is eggs even after turns, so after the clock goes off, could take a 20-minute turn. Right. So it could be an entire hour and a half later while one person in the entire 500, you know, 2,000-person tournament is just waiting for this one person to just go off and not win. Yeah, and that's sort of the whole idea is that you want to encourage people to go to tournaments and have fun and it's not fun when you encourage them to go and like they have to play against that sort of thing. Uh, it's just that will dis- discourage, discourage people from encouraging the game that they invest so much time and money into making better. So in February of the following year in 2014, we're starting to get into sort the of like banning pre pro tour, unbanning pre pro tour schedule. Yeah. And like modern, 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 modern. <laughs> uh, so in February of 2014, <laughs> death, right? Shaman is banned. Correct move, fully correct move. Like yep. maybe, maybe the most busted magic card. That might be the most busted magic card printed in like the last five years. No way. Like that treasure or like, cruise, dig through time. I think no treasure cruise is a bigger problem. You think so? Yeah. All right. look, look at vintage. Yeah, I get it. I mean, okay, okay. So it's, it's, it's restricted it's, in vintage. So it, so okay. It's Death Shaman's legal in legacy. Cruise and dig through time are banned in legacy. Death Rite is at least like top ten, and it might. Sure, have, I'll give you top ten in the yeah. last two. Five years. Yeah, it's gigantic. So De- Deathrite Shaman was banned. Now, they unbanned Bitter Blossom and Wild Nakatl here. Nakatl right. was a previous banning. Uh, like We like, talked about it. Yeah. It was probably a mistake. Um, it hasn't really done too Bitter much Blossom, to the format since. I mean, people yeah. play Zoo. Zoo is like, a deck that exists, and it does okay, but it's nothing... Yeah. Like the the thing with the format is like lightning bolt. It dies the lightning bolt. I mean, it's no scythe tiger, but <laughs> <laughs> everyone roll their eyes collectively with me right now. Let's take a moment of silence. Um, and then bitter blossom <laughs> is another card that was since being unbanned. It it added to the tokens decks. There are some Token control deck decks are better, that try some to play decks it. are better. It's a good cyborg card. Or the thing with the thing with it is, it it would have been a problem in the format before abrupt decay. 
Right. But with Abrupt Decay, it's not a problem. It's one of Kessler's favorite cards, and he will... This, this is, is a one card. of my favorite cards. I just, I do like the card, though. It, it exists in Kessler's abs and decks in places that it sometimes doesn't exist in the stock lists. So I think sure. you love that card. It's really good with yeah. uh, Gavany Township and Lingering Souls. Yeah. No, that card's really good. I mean, yeah, yeah. awesome, super nuts. Um, so that was the only banning or unbanning in the entirety of 2014. So now we get into last year. What a great year, 2014. Yeah, it was good. Vengeoins are more playable because Deathrite Shaman's gone. So now Except they reprinted Scavenging Ooze. <laughs> I was playing Dredge and someone just like natural turn two Scavenging Ooze on game one because it was like a pod player. It was like, I can't, I literally can't beat that card. There's not a single card in my deck. I get wrecked. Ooze? Yeah, against, with Dredge Vine, you just yeah. can't beat it. So good. So that summer happened and cons was printed. <laughs> and something <laughs> happened when they printed cons. They printed a couple cards, the f- one of which was Jeskai Ascendancy. Sure. One of which was Treasure Cruise. Well, the, the, there's three mechan- There's two mechanics, really. They printed Prowess and Delve. <laughs> yeah. And they, Treasure Cruise. This was a clear example of not testing for modern. That, this is like probably as clear an example has, that has ever existed. I think Eldrazi is a worse example. Maybe, yeah. Because right. I think these cards, like, they knew and maybe they didn't know. But like, I, also, I also think if you look at where that format ended up, Right. It was actually pretty healthy. The the GP before the Pro Tour where they banned cards had eight different decks that were all doing different things. Yeah. Um, the problem is that Treasure Cruise is just really good. I don't think Dig Through Time needed to be banned, personally. I'm, I've, I've said that the whole time, and other people have disagreed with me. I, I've always thought like Dig is like really good. But I think like, it's a problem in Legacy when yeah. you have Miracles, and Miracles is a deck that's a problem. But in Modern, all it did was make Scape Shift really good, and now that Twin is gone, I don't... like. Yeah, it's true. It I guess make... like I guess you get to Blood Moon quicker. I think that playing Dig in a deck like if you could still play Dig in those um, Grixis control decks, like that just like fill their graveyard but so that'd be great. fast. I, I'd be fine with that. I don't I don't think there's a problem if there's a deck like Grixis that has good access to removal. I think that would actually fix a lot of people's problems with modern, especially pros. I just pros. think like the card selection involved when your card the card velocity in those decks is like so good. I mean, just like think about think about the frequency with which you would start hitting Colagon's commands and the moments you needed them and getting those just busted sure, but chains. Then that, that just means it's like affinity and effect are worse and i'm not really in a world where i want them to be better all right that's fair <laughs> i mean yeah agreed. I, I i was at the time i was the one i and, and like the counter that is scape shift decks then beat Grixit. like there's like a cool meta game that exists with dig through time in the format that doesn't exist now i recall being on this podcast and saying i didn't think that they were gonna ban yeah, yeah. dig and andrew brown was like they're definitely banning dig and he was <laughs> definitely a right and he's definitely a pro and i'm not well i have one pro point but <laughs> let's move on I'm really good at <laughs> shot calling things. <laughs> yeah, you, it's true. You're better at shot calling than I am being a pro. So, um, let's, uh, let's, so that summer that got played a lot. There was a Jeskai Ascendancy deck. This podcast launched with you and Glenn, uh, and that was one of the first episodes you did, was, was looking at Jeskai Ascendancy, talking about were those cards broken, and I think doing a cons block review. Our, our, our first set, actually our first ever set was kind of what this episode is. Our first ever episode was history kind of like of a history of modern Pro Tours. Yeah. And then the second one was our cons review, and it, it was an episode where I definitely went on a rant on, guys, Jeskai Ascendancy is really good. This deck is a thing. And everyone's like, nah. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and I, so I got pulled into this podcast like seven or eight episodes in and we, that, that time period was like when people were really discovering just quite how busted that deck was. But the funny thing is at the same time that Blue Red Delver and the Jeskai Ascendancy deck were dominant, we, you had the pod deck 
which had just like innocuously become the most consistent deck in modern over the course basically, of the year. Basically, it took a while for them to kick John out of the format. It, this, was, this was a factor of two things. One, just every card they ever printed made Birthing Pod better. Right. Every creature card, because it's a new creature I can find. And B, Birthing Pod is a notoriously very difficult deck to play well. Yeah. It, it Just because there are so many different playthrough lines that could go in so many different ways that it was yeah. hard to really master it. But once you did, it was legitimately the best deck in the format, probably through modern, since it was printed in modern. Well, and there, you're forgetting the printing of one card that was just just completely ridiculous for that deck was that they printed Voice of Resurgence. And Voice was sure, sure, already sure, 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 sure. just a great card. And yeah, then the fact yeah. that like not only is it amazing if your opponent does anything in instant speed, but like you can just pot it away and get a token. Or like a better creature and you get a three drop and you get lingering soul. Yeah, yeah it's just you, really good. You could just like pot it for witness sure. and get it sure, back sure, sure, and sure. then replay it and then repot it. Like it was just oh like it yeah. was, so pot so so part of that so you, you also forgot, I guess, Swiss Bear was the other card out of cons that yeah, got printed. And that's exactly. kind of the one that survived. Yeah. Of the four cards, it's the one that is still seeing a ton of play. Jessica Ascendancy survived. It just didn't. It just didn't see any play. Because yeah. it, it, it ended up that Jessica Ascendancy was basically a, just one of the best uses of Treasure Cruise. Yeah. And exactly. that was more why it was good and not any other reason. Yeah, exactly. Like that and Delver were the two things. But um, back to Birthing Pod. So part of the other problem was that they introduced all these cards and cons, and they're really good, and they mix up the format. Yeah. But before that, the format had kind of stagnated. Right. Before cons came out, the format kind of was solved, and everyone figured it out. There was Twin and Birthing Pod and blah, 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 in fact. And we get to the Pro Tour, and they're like, okay, we have to ban these cards. Yeah. But if we ban these cards, the Pro Tour is just going to be what magic looked like yeah. in August. <laughs> yep. So from that perspective, we need this Pro Tour to be interesting, and we can't ban things to make the format more boring than it is. Yeah. So we also have a policy where we want to make this exciting. What was the card that needs to go away? Birthing and Birthing Pod was the card. Yeah. Birthing the card Pod, is too powerful. I think, I think that Birthing Pod is probably, to this day, the most polarizing modern ban. No, no, no. Splinter Twin is. But, but Birthing Pod for a different reason. Because no, I think it's the same reason. It's just Birthing Pod... It's it's like this twin. The argument you can you can see the logic behind the argument because I, I guess you could still look at Birthing Pod and make an argument that Birthing Pod's a fair card in modern easily. Like it, it isn't an unfair card. It's just a card that makes. The Have you ever out. played against or with yeah, the card? It's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. unfair. No, no, it's it's a really good card. I, I just would mean even like, say it's more unfair than Splinter Twin. Right, I mean, Twin Twin has that thing going for it that I've always said, which is that it's a do nothing four mana aura that you get two for one, and it's, it's not a good card. It sure. just happens and it's to, weak to abrupt decay and or path where like yeah, Pod literally can't be killed by any main deck card in the format. Um, so whatever it is, I would say that those are those are pretty clearly the two most polarizing bands. And I remember, some, I remember like straight up being like, "This is what's going to happen." Like we were, it was pretty. Like we were pretty. pretty we were pretty confident. I, I, I said I wish Dig to the time wasn't, but I can. I can't see Wizards not just banning all these things. Okay. Yeah, um, it's fair. And then, do they unban anything? I thought they unbanned something. They did. Yeah, they they unbanned oh. Golgari Grave Troll. Yeah, which is funny because like Dave. it should have made the a bigger impact, but it just didn't. Yeah, it just didn't. Well, but the the real problem out of Dredge is still banned. Yeah, and it's the it's the Sacred Dr- Creatures Dread Return. Return. Dread Return. If Dread Return was in the format, Dredge would be a tier one deck. Yeah. So that is true. Um, from that point on, we didn't get another modern banning for a long time. Uh, we we went a year. And we went. And exactly a year. And we went. Was it exactly one year? It was exactly one year later. <laughs> uh, was, it, was it exactly one year three months ago? Yes. <laughs> and it was Splinter Twin and Summer Bloom, the most recent banning. Yeah. Um, so this, Summer Bloom was a fringe deck. It did. It got like 16th or 19th place at a yeah. GP before the like sometime in the year before the Pro Tour. And then 
Sam Black and Justin Cohen, Cohen just yep. wrecked with it. They like took the tournament by storm. Um, Justin Cohen made the joke of being like, oh, I'm not a good magic player. I'm just good at playing unfair things. No, no, not even unfair. Just this deck. So <laughs> when he won, he was like, or when he, he like qualified for every pro tour ever, he was like, I, I now have to learn how to be good at magic. The hilarious part about this is that you go back to May of 2013 when they banned Second Sunrise. And you think about the fact that in May of 2013, every single card played in the Amulet Bloom deck was legal. Right. And like, that's what it, it all it takes. And that's why people are so... Uh, there's the gain to life land. <laughs> yeah, sure. Everybody, but there was the white one. Oh, okay, man, I guess it, uh, it comes in tapped, but Kabira Crossroads. Yeah, not, well, the, it comes in play tapped, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't really make a difference when the deck is supposed to win with the Amulet anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, It's definitely way worse. <laughs> yeah, you could still play the deck. It was still would have been totally busted with Kabira Crossroads. Yeah, yeah, that it, one card's not the... It's like a one Burn was also way worse back then. Yeah. They didn't have Swiss Spear. <laughs> or, or Eidolon. So that's always really interesting when you look at the different times of these bannings that, you know, how how aggressive do people get with their creativity? So that's an interesting question, actually, that I just yeah. realized. At what point does Burn get a card banned? Uh, it would have to be, it would have to be like Eidolon. Like it would have to, you couldn't, you couldn't ban a Burn part because there's... Remember Goblin Guide? Yeah, would, would banning Goblin Guide really fix the problem? Like, well, I think the problem with Burn is, is is card quality quantity yeah not necessarily card quality on a singular like eventually just burn every every standard they're going to print a new interesting burn card yeah and i'm going to say 50 percent of the time 50 percent of blocks will have that card be a modern playable burn card so like you won't have battle for zendegar didn't have one but cons had one you know, you, you won't. The, what you won't have, which is which is strong to your point, is that you won't have um, a card. You won't have an Eidolon because that's a very unique card, and you won't have a an aggressive creature at the power level of Goblin Guide. So, if you were going to have to make a banning decision, it would have to be one of those two cards. Because, yeah, but like, look at a Tarkus Command or uh, Boros Charm the year before. Um, like, almost every year, other than Battle for Zendikar, has had a Burn staple printed in it. <laughs> yeah, but so the composition of that deck. To to break like to add to its redundancy with card quality, like you have to print things at those same mana costs that are better than the things that exist. Sure, you can't really push the rate on those cards that much more than you have. Like, but if every standard season needs a red deck, eventually, yeah. I feel like eventually you're just gonna have the deck is maybe. What's the worst card that deck plays? Lava Spike. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Lava Spike gets replaced eventually by the better version. Like or something, whatever that is. Nuts, yeah, yeah. I, I have a hard time believing. I mean, it, it would be one of the two cards. It would be Eidolon or, or Guide because I just don't think. I don't think the spells. I, I guess. I guess my point is that Infect and Affinity are d decks that yes, once in a while there's an artifact theme or there's like a crazy pump spell that they print, but for right. the most part, the pieces that make those decks aren't like a consistent every year. We're pushing some version of this, right? Where like efficient damage dealing red cards <laughs> is right. not only something they do every year, but it's the point of their color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, so that was the, yeah, I mean, that's the last banning we've had is the most recent banning. And of course we now have another one on the horizon that we are pretty sure. So what is the specific ban prediction from Alex Kessler? The call, the shot caller of shots and the specific ban prediction over on my end. I think it's just Ivugan. You just think it's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Temple and Eye of Ugin is what they would do if they wanted to kill the deck. I don't think Aaron Forsyth, ugh, Aaron Forsyth wants to do that. The only reason they would ban both is if they put some work and tested it and they figured the deck is still too good. Um, 
I, like I would say 100% Ibogaine goes away. Yeah. 60% chance Temple goes away and like a 5% chance that Thought Not Seer gets kicked out. Definitely not Thought Not Seer. No way. The only card that is going to get banned is going to be Ibogaine. And the reason yeah, is... Yeah, and I'm with you. The reason, is, the reason for that is, and for anybody, we've said this on a podcast before. It's the one that lets you do a stupid thing. It, the reason is because Eldrazi Temple can get you two mana on turn one. That's what it can get you. No, there's no way to make Eldrazi Temple get you more than two mana on turn sure. one. Which is really Ibogaine, good. if you have the right draw, can get you eight mana on turn one. Sure. I mean, it can get you more than that, but like it... With the cards the deck plays right now, you can lay Ayabugan and play four Eldrazi Mimics. Like, that can just happen. And that's the reason you have to ban that card. Sure. Um, like, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you. It makes Tron a little weaker. Which um, is something that I think is a benefit. The uh, only, my, my complaint with Tron has always been not, oh, no, they got a seven drop, Karn on turn three. Because right. that you can deal with. The, the problem with Tron is that eventually they're going to get Emrakul. So <laughs> counterspell decks are terrible against them. Right. Like that, and, and if Tron was bad against counterspells, the deck is way more of a metagame piece yeah. instead of like, oh, this forces me to play burn store, you know. What do you think about the possibility of Forsyth maybe just saying to one of the people in testing, just saying, okay, look, I know we don't test for modern, but before I make this decision, can you guys just like jam a lot of games with Tron running Thought Knots here quickly and just see what happens? Because like, what if it turns out that all we're going to see is a switch where all of a sudden Tron starts jamming the good Eldrazi cards and then Tron just becomes like, the busted, slightly slower, like a like a like a like a, uh, a workshop Tron, where it's like all colorless cards and maybe splashing one color for green or something like that. Like drawing thought nuts here at any point in the game or Reality Smasher, they're just not that bad. So like, where we're getting well, so, like, so with Tron with Reality Smasher, I think Reality Smasher is the one that goes away because I think that in general, and Path to Exile is an example where this isn't true. In general, Warm Coral Engine is just better. Right. And for Tron, the difference in mana is the same. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Like, th- there's, there's no point where they have five mana that they don't have seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, I get that. Where Thought Not Seer offers something very different. Thought Not Seer is a... The discard spell factor to Thought Not Seer is an is a effect that they might be interested in. And plus, playing a four and a three drop is more likely than playing a five and a two drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's um, true. Thought Not Seer is, is super busted. Yeah, but I, I think they... Uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Thought Not Seer gets banned eventually. Yeah. I'm not saying it deserves to, but I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I don't think it'll be banned here. No. The real question, and I don't think it'll happen, but I'm banning. Uh, I mean, what would really... We talked about before on the list. Like, this could be this could be the moment where they unban Stoneforge. The, 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 the cards that I've come to think are worthy of being unbanned, not all of them, but one of the blue cantrips, most likely Ancestral Visions... Of the three. Um, just because it is really slow. There's no longer Twin. Like, one of the reasons that card was a problem was that Twin... If Twin exists, that card basically reads, suspend this, and whenever it goes off, you win. <laughs> um, does that make... Does Ancestral Vision, like, make some version of Living End just completely ridiculous? Like, No, I mean... Can that, you just, that, like... That deck is already all cantrips. Like, what does drawing three more seven sixes do? I mean, I don't know. It's pretty good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, it's really good. You just, like, resolve one of your Cascade spells, and then you either go off or just draw three and keep going. I mean... See, but I feel like it's worse than just going off. Yeah, I think okay. they just want to go yeah, off that's every fair. time. I'm just yeah, wondering. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, what are the... I mean, Cascade is one of the things that makes that card a problem. Um, but Bloodbraid Elf isn't in the format. Yeah, yeah true, um, true. That's another thing. Like, that's one of the other ones, Bloodbraid Elf. And we talked about already how I don't think Bloodbraid... I've, like, I've come to realize why Bloodbraid Elf is good to stay banned. 
Um, one of the reasons is Call Guns Command. Another reason is it does something there. I do think Bloodbraid Elf and Stoneforge at the same time is an interesting thing that because that causes the format to be put in this weird situation where you're yeah like there's a reason to play Jund. There's a reason to play Junk. There's a reason to play Naya. There's a reason to play yeah, yeah. Um, Mardu. Like all of the different three color grindy versions all yeah. now have an argument for. And like the reason Stoneforge Mystic seems like a card and I don't think they're going to unban it yeah. on Monday. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But um, the reason Stoneforge Mystic sounds like a card that might be interesting to unban is white is classically very weak and modern now. Like we've gone a long time since white was a very strong color, and if it is a strong color, it's normally in combination with other things as like a splash for lingering souls or path. It'll be fun this coming Monday when we get to stream the episode live. Yeah, yeah. At post, it'll be post banning announcement and set review with review. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That'll be really fun. That'll be a fun episode. Um, so remember, tune in next week. We'll do it a little earlier than. Well, you have no idea what time we record this, so never mind. We'll just announce it later. It'll probably, it'll, it'll, it'll probably be between seven and eight p.m. Next Monday. Yeah, I, I was going to say just for me personally. Start time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like maybe like six to seven, but we'll we'll announce it for sure. So uh, keep an eye on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that pretty much does it. We're at we're at today. Yeah, I I tweeted something out at the beginning of the episode just from my personal account, and I got some pretty silly responses. Sure. I'm just going to read. Plus, we have our Batman versus Superman review that we have to talk uh, about. Are we, we going to do that? Do yeah, we have time. Are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you have some Arnold. <laughs> you have to say at least one out of every three of these in an Arnold voice. No, I, I have like my lines I'll do that I, I like. But like, okay. um, all Make right, so sad. here's my favorite one. Uh, <laughs> what was the question? The question was um, best MTG pickup and best MTG inspired pickup line PG thirteen. Okay. And my favorite was from Corey Anonymous Knife City said, "Is that an upkeep trigger, or are you just happy to see me?" And they said, "Did it hurt when the planes walked from Sun Home?" <laughs> Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Is what that's in reference to? Yeah, yeah. It's I a don't... really bad pickup line, but I, I got a chuckle out of it. Thank you, Corey. I feel like a planes walk from, like, ty- not Taiga, Savannah. Oh, God, you're getting so from Savannah nerdy like right planes. now. You're so <laughs> and your planes walking. So many layers. It's more layered than nerdy. Right? Yeah. I'm like an onion. <laughs> yeah. Layers. Uh, all right. I thought Batman versus Superman didn't deserve 29%. I thought it deserved like a 58%. I think that movie is garbage. Yeah, like 58%. Oh, wait, 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 wait. All right. From this Spo- point on, spoilers for the Batman vs. Superman movie that just came out. This for is going to be like a two-minute discussion. No, I'm going gonna, gonna to read my rant that I posted on Facebook. In the oh, comments. It's not that long. Uh, yeah, spoilers if you guys don't want to hear. If you don't want to hear, remember to follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. Kessler's at Kess Wiley, and I'm at Ben Bayman Media. And, of course, check our Patreon to help us make more content for you guys. There will be a, a, an influx of content coming in in April. Um, a bunch of stuff because we yeah, have so, so just things on the schedule um, next Monday we're doing the live stream yep. uh, which we'll do live recording I don't think there'll be video um, unless Patreon blows up in the next week yep. um, keep an eye out for the mats that are being sent out oh uh, the car, uh, the thing that's being sent out for next, uh, for April yep um, a play set both of signed geists and signed spells uh, not spells guides that's crazy grand architects uh, grand architects wow so each person gets a play set of both yeah Wow. So that's that's if you pay 50 bucks for one month, the first month you will guaranteed get a Masters of Modern specialized Patreon. So it says thank you. Uh, it is to you a Patreon subscriber, not right. just the normal one that you can buy at some point that will eventually make for sale. But this is like a specified one to you. Um, you will get that sent to you. And it sounds like... For if, April specifically, you will get... So if you've already done the mat, 
you'll be getting four Grand Architects and four Geist of St. Traps, both signed by Kessler and Bateman, uh, shipped to you. And that yep. is the kind of thing we'll be doing I'm in the future. I'm debating, and this may or may not happen because I have to figure out how to actually accomplish this. It also may, and this will be a mystery that you'll find out when receiving it, include a token, an angel token, that will uh, uh, probably feature <laughs> both of us. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Spoilers out. Let's talk Batman vs. Superman. Thanks for checking in, guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no. There's more. Uh, we also, the lore episode on Friday. Oh. That's a bonus episode we're doing next week. We're doing the lore episode next week. Or we're doing it next month. Okay. There's, I'm going to say 90% chance next week, but based off of work schedules, it might be the next week. But for April, the special episode is lore. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. All right. I thought it was a hot mess. <laughs> okay, yeah. I agree. It wasn't It wasn't like... like the, the kind of movies that get 29% to me on Rotten Tomatoes are like really piles and like to me this movie was like a mid 50s high 50s like a 58 59 percent like above average but like it was not above average if average is five to me remember 50 percent is average so like on on that scale 50 percent is bad so 50 in in tomatoes percentages to me it's a bad movie it was a bad movie (laughs) uh i think it had a lot more to offer than a lot of people are giving it credit for i think i i really liked affleck as batman i liked I liked Batman. He was okay as Batman. I, I like the idea of Affleck as Batman, and this movie did not ruin Affleck as Batman for me, but nothing about this Batman was good. <laughs> I, he was cool to me. He was me. a bad detective. Gal, he was, he Gal Gadot's was, legs were amazing. He was, <laughs> <laughs> he was bad. He shot people. He's awesome. All the time. Batman doesn't shoot people. Original Batman does. Or like back in the 40s, Yeah, Batman but that does. Batman had a gun. <laughs> yeah. This Batman's ruthless. He does what has count. to get done. No. Somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody, okay. Let me just, let me read some of the flaws of this movie. Let me, where is it? Where is it? All right. Spoilers. Why does either no one know who the Batman is and or doesn't care? Like the entire movie, we have Clark Kent spending the entire time trying to figure out, trying to convince people, hey, we should cover this Batman, even though it's been established that he's been around for 40 years. <laughs> 20 years. 20 years. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Tell me a new story that's been around for 20 years that you don't already just know about. No, like I, 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 did, I definitely agree with you. Like I noticed that too, that it was interesting that like all, Batman was breaking, but he had been in Gotham for 20 years. What if, if Batman was successful in killing Superman, what was Lex Luthor's plan with Doomsday? What was he going to do? Well, okay. On the, on the Superman Doomsday plot point that I thought was ridiculous, I liked how they devoted 24 seconds of screen time to the U.S. government nuking space. They were like, oh, let's just, uh, let's just ditch the transitions here. Flick a switch, flick a switch, shoot the nuke. And then also, he's the fastest being on Earth, but he won't dodge the nuke. Uh, also, also, wait, wait. And it'll on be a direct plan, hit. Superman was winning. He, he basically won. He was kicking Doomsday off of Earth. Yeah. He was off. Yep, and then they find a nuke, so Doomsday came back. Yeah, that was terrible. And then uh, also, uh, like, also like when Batman was like, when it was Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, and they were like facing Doomsday, it was like, okay, Wonder Woman can like take the blast. She's got the whip, and like Superman's like duking ass. Like Batman's like jumping from scaffolds that are getting like disintegrated. Well, he, just to, like, he needed the sniper shot, something. But why? Okay, on the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, that moment from the trailer where they're yeah. like. Oh, is she with you? Yeah. Oh, I thought she was with you. She was with Batman. Batman invited her in an email. <laughs> also, also like, <laughs> yeah, true. And also, also though, we're forgetting the fact that this movie was completely humorless and had no sense of humor at no, all. It's a comic book movie. It needs to be fun. And that was the first time they tried to like inject any humor into the movie. That was in the trailer and, and all of the trailers. So, so flat. flat. Yeah. So flat. Uh, why were there so many dreams? 
Why? There are like 30 dream sequences. Yeah. Um, that was bad. I liked how Lois Lane was like, well, this thing can kill Superman. I'll just toss Drop it in the it water. In a <laughs> and then uh, also without getting any confirmation or information on what this giant beast out there is, I just know that it's from Krypton <laughs> and that I need to know. Get, I need to now go get, get the, the kryptonite yeah. and get it to Superman. But I've just been hiding in this like little room the whole time. So I'm just assuming that I need the spear. Why, why did Superman stop Batman from chasing down and hunting down terrorists and then just let the terrorists go? Can you answer that one? You didn't have a huge problem with, with Martha? Being oh, like, oh, 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 no, no. I definitely had a problem with... Okay, I will give them credit. I never really put together that both of their moms were named Martha. Me neither. Never really thought about it. So congratulations, Zack Snyder, for informing me. Right. It shouldn't be the key moment that convinces Batman not to kill Superman for no arbitrary reason. Best friends. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Um, I thought uh, there was there was some cool stuff though. I just I, I think I agree with you. There was a lot of a lot of crap in this movie, but like I don't think it was as bad as you and a lot of other people are painting uh, it. Also, I'm done with seeing Batman kill his parents, or I'm seeing with Batman's yeah, parents yeah. die. Did you like how from The Walking Dead that you don't watch Walking Dead? Do you? No, not at all. Okay, anybody who watches Walking Dead and is listening to this, that's that's Maggie and Negan. So. That's Maggie from the show and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's about to play Negan and beat in Glenn's head next week at the end of the episode. My prediction. Spoiler. Okay, sure. <laughs> Walking Dead spoiler, apparently. Uh, uh, and that's his parents in this movie, which is, to me is hilarious. That like, what a, what a bizarre coincidence. Um, also, th- that dream sequence where they go into the future and the flash like reminds you, A, if you don't know anything about comics, does it make sense? Um, yes, from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, we're like, you see the future, and yeah. Batman, Superman's like, oh, I'm evil now, and there's right. like aliens for no reason with any, or like oh, demons. I forgot. It was from Crisis, right? That was what that was. Well, supposed I mean, to be. that's Dark Seed Soldiers, and, yeah. and it's, yeah, Crisis on Infinite Yeah, that's, or, that's yeah, what the I The video thought. game is a reference, and then also, yeah. Despite, you know, the Flash is time traveling, so it's like coming back in time memorial. Yeah, but, that's, but, that's from Original Crisis. Um, sure, but if you don't know anything about, like, I'm a comic book nerd. Yeah. You're a comic book nerd. Yeah. You are a comic book nerd specifically of Batman. Yeah. And, but to anyone else on the planet. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. It was really weird. Um, also. That's what, like, that might be the reason you're okay with this movie and the rest of the world hates it though. Maybe. you're seeing it from the perspective of, oh, I know the references and I'm enjoying the fact that we got to see the death of Superman. Did we you? got to see the, um, uh, that moment. We got to see dark, the Dark Knight Returns and we got to see all these classic comic books with like frame for frame shots brought to life. Yeah. Which is what Zack Snyder does. But, let me. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna rant on Snyder sure. in just a second here. Did you? Um, speaking of of the dream sequence and and did you like the Justice League trailer in the middle? Oh yeah, when yeah. they just like <laughs> yeah. went through each person yeah. and showed. I did like completely not recognize Cyborg's yeah. logo. Me neither. I was like, who's the C? Is that like Green Lantern Corpse? Is that a? I haven't been paying attention to uh, to the development of the Justice League movie very much, and I was very surprised that they chose to use Cyborg. I'm not. He's a black. Yeah, I mean, he's the, yeah, he's the yeah. African American representation on on the Justice League. B, right. they've been pushing him really hard in in comic book form. Got it. Recently, okay. he yeah. was a Teen Titans character that That's was pretty successful, and so they moved thought. him forward. Um, he also has a unique power set that's different than everyone else. Kind of everyone else is a puncher or a thing. And he's like, I, I mean, can hack into computers with I my like arm. I like Cyborg a lot. Like I was a yeah. big fan of the entire first three years of Jeff John's Teen Titans. So like I was a fan, like I'm in, sure. but like, I just was surprised. I haven't been paying very close attention. So I didn't see that coming. Um, as far as Zack Snyder goes, I've had this feeling about Zack Snyder since the beginning. So think about this. The first movie Zack Snyder directed was Watchmen. Even if he did a movie before that, that no, I'm forgetting. 300. 
Like, no, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what I meant to say. Not, not, not Watchmen. I meant okay, to say 300. Okay. <laughs> um, the first movie he directed was 300, and people loved 300. And if you go back and you watch 300, it's pretty awesome. It looks really... Just let me finish. Yeah, yeah. It looks really good, and he does what he does well. And the reason it worked so well was because you have the simplest story in the history of mankind. It's sure. an outmatched army who has to go against a much bigger, much better, and more corrupt army. It is a army. simpler movie than Mad Max. Yeah, it is the simplest thing ever. And so that's, you get a bunch of like gruesome fight scenes and Gerard Butler and a bunch of abs and like, that movie works. Here's the thing. When I saw Watchmen, and as a comic book fan who worked in comic book stores as a kid, that was my whole life. Like, Watchmen's our Bible. That was like, if you were a comic book fan, you just, that was your thing. And like, FYI, if the movie has turned you off from reading it, you should go read the Watchmen comic Watchmen's book. Watchmen's amazing. It's really good. Um, when Pretty I much ev- them, like the, every movie, yeah. comic book movie, has some weird influence by that comic. When I watched Watchmen I rem- in theaters, I remember thinking to myself, that was amazing. What an, incre- what an incredible shot-for-shot retelling of the comic book. Like, that was so accurate. And then, but it didn't sit with me. I kind of walked away and I was just like, but I just, it's not really that memorable. I've never had any de- a desire to ever watch that movie again. Because it's, it's not, it's, it's, so this is what's watchable if it's on HBO and you have nothing else to do. This is what Zack Snyder does. He is a, like, if you think about just a couple shots from this movie, you know that shot when Superman goes to uh, to save the day. I think it. Yeah, all the all the sh- all the shots with the the, the flood, Brazil, and the, Met, and, and the and he's like, day of the dead. No, is Mexico in Mexico? Day of the dead, and you have and they're flocking to him like he's like a deity, and you're like, and you're sort of looking at you're like that's like a portrait that Snyder has in mind that he wants to put on screen, right, like, and you have the like him saving the NASA rocket with the giant right. explosion behind him. No, Zack Snyder is very good at making a visual thing pretty, but but the, it almost is to the point that it's distracting from the story. Like you sure. actually, he's not good at storytelling from from a narrative standpoint. Like you don't pay attention and you. You don't care. I will stick to this. The best single scenes in either movie, Man of Steel or Batman vs Superman, are the scenes when he's Clark and he's interacting with Kevin Costner as his dad. Those are the best no, scenes. I, the scene from the first one where his dad dies is the dumbest moment in that oh, movie. See, I, now we're on. Now we're at odds because I love the Costner scenes from the first movie. No, no, no. Kevin Costner. He's great. Fine, but that movie is so dumb. That, like. I'm going to let my dad die in a tornado because he wants to save a dog that I could literally save him right now without anyone noticing. But tell me how that makes sense. Kessler, sh- I, think, I, think, thing, I, think, I think we need to end the, the podcast. The best, no, we got, we, got, like, we got time. The best thing about Kevin <laughs> Costner, the best part about <laughs> Superman's dad dying is it's supposed to be a heart attack because Superman can't beat that, excluding time travel Superman, but we're not talking about him. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, just, let's put it to bed. We've, we've, we've talked about trash. I recommend you see that it's a movie if you can see it in theaters because it's worth seeing in theaters rather than seeing I think it's worth seeing because you, it's, it's really fun to complain about how terrible it and is. It, and, it, and it looks, in a lot of places, it looks awesome. Yeah, There's, but the editing is awful and like the awesomeness that it looks is like the fights feel fake like yeah. I don't like when they're like when Superman punches Batman. There's nothing ethereal about him. I'm just like mm-hmm. I got really tired of I got really really tired of just like gods hitting gods. Like and the same thing happened in Man of Steel. That's, but like I I love watching the Hulk fight things. Yeah, I could watch the Hulk punch Iron Man all day. Mm. And like I I didn't I mean I have problems with Age of Ultron, but like that's probably the best scene. And it was in the trailer, and I could still watch it again of just them fighting each other. Because like when the Hulk punches something, you feel it. Yeah. And this when Superman punches something, you're just like the world. Yeah, just, you don't. You don't like nothing in this movie felt All real. Right. Yeah, I'm calling it a day. Okay, We're wrapping it up. All right. All right. I've been. I've been Alex Kessler. I've been Ben Bateman. And this has been the Masters of Modern Podcast plus. Be- uh, what's the What's the Batman review show we had? Oh, Gotham's finest. Yeah, this is Gotham's finest and Masters of Modern. Yeah, doesn't that have a Twitter? Yeah, I closed the Twitter. Oh, down. close the Twitter. All right. So yeah. follow the MM cast for both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later. 
alligator. <laughs>